focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. What's going on, ladies? I hope you're having a great day today. Thanks for joining me. Welcome or welcome back if you're here with me all the time. We have a hefty topic to dive into today, and we'll see what I end up titling this podcast because I really want every woman in the world, especially those who are in their childbearing years, to listen to this podcast. And I don't think that titling it anything about the pelvic floor is going to make a lot of women click on it, but I want you to hear this. I want you to bear with this and educate yourself in this department. I promise to do my part to make this as streamlined, as efficient, and maybe as entertaining as possible. You might want to throw in headphones if you're listening to this around your little people and you don't want to have to explain what some anatomical parts are. (laughs) Um, But anyways, I think this is such an important topic because before I even had kids, before I even got married, I would be training clients. I remember this so vividly. It happened many times, but I remember one um, situation most vividly where it was a group training session and we were doing jump roping at one station and one of the females was doing something else for cardio. And I was like, oh, do you have knee issues or something? Like, is there, do you want me to give you a different substitution for this? Like, is it impact? And she was like, no, I just, you know, I've had three babies. I can't jump without peeing. And I was like, what? (laughs) And I then heard it multiple other times. Like that was probably the first time I heard it and that experience stayed with me. But I heard it a ton then from women of like, oh, I pee when I sneeze or I pee when I jump or like, yeah, I can't do box jumps. I'll literally pee my pants. So I honestly thought this was normal. I'm like, oh, I guess when I have kids, like that's just going to happen. I'm like, that's kind of terrifying, but I guess it just comes with the territory and that's just a sacrifice I have to make. I am here to tell you that is not normal. Like it's, it's not, uh, it's common, but it, It's not normal, if that makes sense. So I don't want you to feel isolated if you're like, whoa, well, I do do that. So you're telling me I'm not normal. No, I'm saying like there is help. There is a way to not do that. Um, There's an alternative. But we've just normalized it too much. Like (laughs) our culture loves to do that. Normalize this, normalize that. But it's not normal to pee when you sneeze or cough or jump. So there is a way that you can work on improving this. And it is by improving the health of your pelvic floor. So what the heck is your pelvic floor? Your pelvic floor is basically the the slings, which it has three muscle slings. All a sling is, is it, it means it includes more than muscle. It's muscle, it's fascia, it's connective tissue, it's ligaments. So these three slings that are in the front, middle, and back of your body, essentially, that it's really makes like a dome. It's a dome shaped. But what I like to think of it and explain it as is like a hammock. So picture that, like a little hammock of all these beautiful parts, muscle, fascia, whatever, ligaments that separate your pelvic organs, your your pelvic cavity from your perennial region, okay? So that's a big deal. It's holding up your pelvic organs and everything and supporting them and making sure they're separate, that there is a separation from that area and your perennial region, okay? It's responsible for a lot. It's related to continence. It is related to um, having a healthy back, whether your back feels awesome or whether you're experiencing back pain. A lot of times people will just say, oh, you probably have a weak core. No, you might have really tight glutes. You also might have an overactive or underactive pelvic floor. We'll talk about all of that. But um, that can be an indicator with back pain. It helps you with breathing. And then also, I know I already told you to put headphones in, but do it. (laughs) It Actually, your pelvic floor, whether it's weak or strong, 
has a big effect on your sex life and whether or not you are it's you know if it's causing you pain or if you're not having painful sex but you're still just not having you're not able to experience much pleasure this could be due to your pelvic floor so the thing about your pelvic floor is that most women don't care about it until it's a problem which is unfortunately how a lot of us are with anything we don't we take things for granted and don't really like um, work them. I mean, a lot of us, this is just ignorance. Like a lot of us don't know that we should be working it. This is a big area that is not covered uh, in the gym or then in the OB office. Like this kind of falls in between a lot of the time. So if you're listening to this, I'm 100% here to hold your hand and walk you through this. Not at all to guilt or shame or any of that stuff. You know what I mean? I didn't even hear about this stuff until my second baby because I started studying to be a prenatal and postpartum specialist. That's the only reason I have the knowledge base of this that I have. So there's a lot of gaps that could be filled and I think should be filled by trainers and by um, OBGYNs and things like that. But unfortunately, it does usually just fall through the cracks. So if you are listening to this, like I have never even heard any of this. I didn't even I've never one day thought about my pelvic floor and I've had five kids. That's totally fine. And we're going to get through this, okay, with some education and then some tangible, tactical exercises that you can walk away with this from, okay? But I just want you, again, to be aware of what it does, what it's responsible for. And then know a lot of women don't ever go about doing anything for their pelvic floor, working it out in any way, whether you're strengthening or um, helping it relax until there's a problem. So I'll go through some of those symptoms and things like that too. Because if you're listening to this like, okay, well now what the heck? Do I know if I have a problem? Do I not? Like, should I care about this? Keep coming with me. We're good. We're good. So we're not taught about a lot. Just said that. But there typically is no check for this at your six-week postpartum appointment or eight-week or whenever you have it. This again is usually an area that kind of falls in between unless you happen to go to pelvic floor therapy. Now, This is my total disclaimer. I am not a doctor. You ladies know that. I do have a prenatal and postpartum specialist um, certification in what is related to personal training. Obviously, the most in-depth you can go with this is to go seek out a pelvic floor therapist and have them in person be able to tell you what's going on and where you fall in this range that I'm going to talk about having um, the ways you know, to keep your pelvic floor healthy. So you could do that. But my point is this is not usually checked at your checkup. So if you're like, well, how do I know if I have a problem or whatever? Um, you might want to just go check in with somebody and have them tell you what's going on, what your pelvic floor looks like. But then I think the next best option is to work with somebody. This is not just because I'm trying to like shameless plug myself. It's just the truth. I was on another podcast a couple weeks ago talking about this. And there too, I said the number one option would obviously be to be in person with a PT. But then I think that there can be so many of us that can't make that happen, that then we just do nothing. So the next step down would be to work with somebody who has a prenatal and postpartum certification. Could be me, could be another trainer that has that that you feel comfortable with. That can also help you walk through this and try to get it to optimal health. So what does optimal health look like? So optimal health means that you are neither too strong nor too weak in your pelvic floor. So that I want you to be aware of right away because I think a lot of people, if you have heard of pelvic floor before, you're like, oh, right, right, right. Sometimes it's really weak after giving birth and you need to tighten it up. And then I tighten it up doing Kegels. That's partly true and just just like the tip of the iceberg in this. So Saying keeping it strong and healthy, I mean the perfect 
balance of being strong enough but not too tight. So not too weak and not too tight is how you want your pelvic floor, which makes sense. If you just think about it as any other group of muscles, you don't want it too tight and you don't want it too weak, right? If you had really tight, uh, let's say upper back, your trap, your upper back um, and neck muscles, if they were super tight, that would feel awful. You'd have your shoulders up to your ears all the time. You're carrying your chest there. That's way too tight, right? You need to like relax, take a big exhale, send your shoulders down away from your ears. But if they're too weak, then you're going to have other problems. You're going to have like forward head or um, rounded back and whatever else. You're going to need other things to compensate. So same thing anywhere else. You want strong glutes so that they can help you walk up the stairs, run, whatever, but you don't want them to be too tight and causing you pain and causing you a little back pain and things like that. So we want to find that happy medium with the pelvic floor. You, They could be, your pelvic floor could be hypertonic, which means it's overactive, tight. Think like hyper, it's just doing too much, <laughs> okay? Some symptoms here, because I'm going to try to help you self-diagnose this, okay? If you can't make it to a pelvic floor PT and you can't work with a postpartum specialist right now. Um, and this could be anybody too. You don't necessarily need to have had a baby. It would probably be useful information for those who have not had a baby yet just to know where your pelvic floor is starting out because you could be hypertonic or hypotonic tonic, which we're going to talk about next, even without ever having had children. Okay. So that's important to say as well. So um, I think it's just addressed more in prenatal and postpartum things, but strong versus weak. We're going to talk about hypertonic first. Okay. So hyper is too much. It's overactive. It's too tight. You might be hypertonic if you have difficulty starting to pee, like you go to pee and it takes a while to let the pee out. Uh, also, if you struggle with bowel movements, if you feel constipation when you are trying to go to the bathroom, um, you might have pain with penetration and feels like you're not going to be able to get anything in there, right? Um, another thing you could have, this one's not as common in my experience, but could happen with having a hypertonic pelvic floor, is that you get frequent UTIs and that is just due to retaining your pee because it's difficult to pee so then you don't go to the bathroom that much um and then lastly you just never feel fully relaxed I think that one's really hard for people to identify because it's hard to know if we're relaxed in general but if you have any of those other symptoms then probably you are a little bit too tight and we need to work on relaxing which we'll get to again hang with me I'll give you some things that you can start right away but that is what hypertonic is going to look like whether or not you've had kids, you might have a hypertonic pelvic floor. And um, we can just train our bodies to do this. If you're wondering like, well, how did I get to be too tight or too weak? A lot of it is just habit that we don't even know is not a good thing. Like bearing down when you go to the bathroom, that could cause you to be too weak or too tight. Um, bearing down when you're lifting weights. Like people can get even diastasis recti or pelvic floor issues just from doing those daily activities the wrong way. Like men can even get diastasis recti from not um, from a baby, but just from having poor movement patterns. So that's just a little interesting tidbit that I think is interesting that probably no one else does. <laughs> okay, on to hypotonic. If you have an underactive or a weak pelvic floor, some of those symptoms might exist, but typically it's going to feel more like you're not going to have difficulty with starting to pee or constipation, it's going to feel more like you can't ever tighten up. So 
This might be like if you use tampons and tampons just won't stay in, if you've ever had that problem, or just sex in general doesn't feel like it used to before kids. Like you're just like, this is not right, (laughs) okay, for lack of a better way to say it. You know your body um, obviously better than I do. But here's the, the tricky part is the crossover between the two is that whether you're hyper or hypo, you could have experience with leaking when you're sneezing or jumping like we talked about. And you also might have trouble controlling gas. So this is something, again, getting in person to a pelvic floor PT might be the easiest way. But typically in my experience, if I've worked with somebody virtually and I um, were trying to narrow it down by going through the symptoms and the client is really not sure, we just dabble in the exercises to try to see what starts improving, right? So Yes, um, you know, you could do a little bit more. You could possibly do some hypertonic exercises that then unfortunately you shouldn't have done because you were hypotonic. Like, But then you can kind of backpedal early on enough if you're working with someone who's good. I don't know if that made sense. But like, for example, if you already were hypertonic, but we were not sure. And I was like, well, let's start out with some Kegels and see how it feels. Yes, I might tip you a little bit more into still being really tight, but then we would figure that out and be, and it would help us to realize, no, we're, like, it's making it worse. Um, We need to start focusing more on the relaxation part of it. So you can always do that, right? If you're not sure, usually most women know. If we just even get through the questions, kind of talking it out, I'll tell them to observe their bodies for, you know, a week or so, a couple of days and think about it. Like, think about these different occurrences, think about going to the bathroom, think about those kinds of things, like which one carries over the most. And then usually we can narrow that down. It's pretty, usually pretty easy. But um, this is something, you know, we work through and then we start a path, but we redirect, redirect, redirect. And this also is why um, right now I'm working with clients only one-on-one doing this. Um, Just like any training program where you just buy three months with me and then we work through it because it takes time like that, right? It takes time to redirect, to come up with new things and whatnot. Um, And this is a sticking point for me as a trainer, as a specialist, because a lot of trainers have, uh, you know, diastasis recti programs or pelvic floor programs. And I actually have a program written out. I have two different avenues to go. I have the, the hypertonic route and the hypotonic route. And the trouble for me is like, ah, it's just hard to, if I put somebody on a program, then you can't like redirect if you weren't sure. And then there you're going down the wrong path for too long until they can redirect. So that's why honestly right now, I'm not sure as I'm recording this with you, it was my plan to unleash a program and I might just keep it as a one-on-one thing. And it's for this reason um, that a lot of it is just, you have to discover it. And a lot of it's personalized of, you know, this exercise might help somebody, but not help somebody else. So anyways, there's another aside for you that right now it's just individualized so that we can figure it out. But here are some general tips. If you are listening to this and trying to kind of self-diagnose, okay, I'm pretty sure I am hypertonic. Okay. Here are some examples of things that you are going to want to do. So this is where it's too tight and you are pretty confident that that is what you are. You're actually not going to want to do Kegels. And so many times, I think, again, we equate pelvic floor with Kegels, but if you're too tight, Kegels are going to just probably make you tighter. So if anything, you could start a Kegel to then get to the release. Okay. If you are too tight, you are going to do, you are going to want to focus way more on the relaxation part. So 
I find it easiest to start somebody lying on their back. And to properly do a Kegel, you basically want to think about like you are drawing your pelvic floor up and kind of like you are close. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, I whacked my microphone thing down. Um, I'm going to fix that while I keep talking to you. I want you to think like you are narrowing the opening of your vagina. That's what it's going to feel like um, front to back when you are doing a Kegel because this is not just pertaining to the front of the pelvic floor. Remember we talked about there's it's all the way around. So you would feel like you are, you're probably doing it right now listening to this. I'm doing it to try to explain. <laughs> you want to, and you can breathe through it, but it's easier to do with your breath that you're going to kind of hold your breath while you hold the Kegel, while you're feeling like you're making everything smaller, every opening down there smaller. And then when you exhale to fully relax and let it go. Things, other things that can help with this is getting into like a full squat position, like not stopping butt at knees, but like sinking down like a little kid. Sometimes we'll like sit down into a squat with your feet flat on the floor and your butt just like at your ankles and just hanging out there trying to take deep breaths. Um, But so that's where I would start out is focusing on the relaxation part lying on your back um, or then in a full squat. You can start it in a Kegel, but then make sure you focus on the relax part. But the the more important piece almost is the fact that in daily life, you need to focus on not bearing down. So you might be super bearing down on your pelvic floor when you pick up a heavy box or when you work out or you might be clenching your glutes a lot, which could lead to a hypertonic pelvic floor. This is something I'm super guilty of and have noticed with back pain, which all can be related then, right? Hopefully this is just getting your wheels turning of like, oh, maybe that's why my back hurts. It's not like my core is weak. It's it's it can, it's often a domino effect of many things. Like often we find one of the symptoms and we're like, oh, I have back pain. Must need to work my back or must need to work my glutes. But you kind of need to work your way up and see what the actual issue could be, right? Um, so for me, this is I notice that when I stand and like do the dishes or I'm standing for a long period of time, like holding the kids or whatever. I have my glutes super clenched and I need to totally relax. And then that helps me also relax my pelvic floor. So if you are noticing it too and you're a clencher, try to stop. So it's great to, you know, work on these. Like if you start with doing your full squat, deep breaths, making sure you fully relax on the exhale, like starting a Kegel, but then totally releasing that's awesome if you want to work that in every day for just a couple minutes a day. That's going to go a long way. But then think about the other portion of your day, like the other 12 hours that you're running around. I That's where, you know, the bulk of damage could be done. So focus on not bearing down and focus on not clenching your glutes. All right, next is hypotonic, which means it's underactive. Your pelvic floor is not firing as much as we want it to. This is where you do want to use your Kegels. So what I like to do is start somebody out doing like 10 by 10 reps of a 10 second hold. So again, I think lying on your back is an easier place to start, but then you can work up to doing them seated and doing them like, because then you can do them whenever. Like you can be driving in the car, working on your Kegels. Um, I don't know. I don't really do them walking. I was going to say going to the grocery store. I don't know. But sitting in the car or lying on your back or whatever, for me personally, I do tend to focus on it more when I am pregnant or when I'm immediately postpartum. And I just always tag on pelvic floor work to the start of my my workout so that I remember to do it. I'll just do, um, depending on what I need to work, either focusing more on the relaxation or focusing more on getting it to fire, I will start there. And then I will do um, 
some core activation stuff next if I'm uh, postnatal. If I'm prenatal, I'm skipping that part and then I'm going on to the workout. But I do want you to think again, like you're recruiting the front and back of the pelvic floor. You're going to hold it for 10 seconds so you can breathe through that. You don't need to hold your breath. You can breathe through it, but then you can exhale and totally let it go. And then another couple of exercises you can do there, whether you're actually going to do a workout or not, are hip thrusts and glute bridges. You can just do some body weight ones because this uh, tends to help just everything start working together. Your deep pelvic floor muscles, your lower abs, your glutes, and that feeling of everything tightening up and everything relaxing. So doing some pauses in there is great. A hip thrust, you're putting your back on the bench and keeping your butt close to the floor, and you're going to push up through the heels and squeeze your glutes. But think about everything tightening, like front to back, doing that Kegel with the glute bridge, and then coming down and relaxing. So I would try to wrap it up for you, but (laughs) I'm trying to remember everything I covered. We talked about what the pelvic floor is and why it's important. Um, Because this whole tagline of the podcast, ladies, is to improve our physical health so we enjoy the life God has called us to to the fullest. And it's true because if you're just kind of muddling through like, oh, yeah, I have back pain sometimes and like, oh, yeah, sex isn't the same since I've had babies or like, yeah, I do just, you know, I only pee sometimes when I sneeze. If I know it's coming, like I can cross my legs and it's fine. That's not the most optimal way to get through the rest of your years on earth, right? So if we can do little simple exercises to enhance that part of our physical, you know, body of our lives, then it just might add so much, um, I don't want to say joy to our days, but you know what I mean? Like it's going to enhance our quality of life. And then in turn, that's going to help us to serve better, a little bit more joyfully and whatnot than us worrying about if we're going to pee our pants in public at the park. (laughs) So there it is. That's what I got for you today. I hope this was helpful. And if it was, please share it with a friend if you don't think that's too weird. Maybe this is a weird episode to share with a friend, but you can always leave me a rating or review. Um, You can also join my email list if you've not done so just by going to fitmomlifetothefullest.com and you can do it right on the homepage. And then I'll put you on my weekly email list and I send out YouTube videos and recipes and all that good stuff. So Thank you, ladies, for joining me. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email me at fitmomlifetothefullest at gmail.com. All right, I hope you have a great rest of your day. I will talk to you next time.